Hey folks, and welcome to Typology, the show on which we explore the story of you through the lens of the Enneagram. My name is Anthony Skinner, producer of the show, here with a very special episode today. And without any further ado, let's go to the host of our show, Ian Cron. Ian, welcome to the show. Thank you, Anthony. Great to be here. Yeah, so I'm excited about today's podcast. It's a little bit of a shift from what we normally do. We don't have a guest on. We are going to talk about your brand new book, The Story of You, which drops on December 28th. I'm super excited about this. Yeah. It's actually available for pre-sale now. So even as you hear this episode, you can go order it. But uh, we wanted to talk about the book today. And I have, of course, seen you at work on this book for a number of years, actually, in the evolution process. What was it that caused you to land on this approach? So the right, the title of the book is The Story of You. Yeah. An Enneagram Journey to Becoming Your True Self. Yes. And uh, you know, the book begins with a story. And it's a, a story about my first twelve step recovery sponsor. He was a seventy year old Episcopal priest and a Jungian a Jungian analyst okay. as well. He was a tremendously interesting, wise person. And one night I at a 12-step meeting, uh, I was asked early in sobriety to share my life story, right, and mm-hmm. the journey of my falling into addiction. And uh, I told just the most sorry-ass story you ever heard in your whole <laughs> life. I mean, oh, my gosh. And afterwards, my sponsor, Jack, uh, in, our, in the car ride home, he just looked at me at one point and he said, Ian, do you ever wonder if you're living in the wrong story? That's like a drop the mic question. Oh, it is totally a drop the mic question. It yeah. really threw me back on my heels. And uh, but I really didn't dive into it until much later in life. That, mm. But the question haunted me, mm-hmm. you know, for a long, long time. What I began to realize, Anthony, is that all human beings live in a story. We think of our lives as a narrative, so right? Good, yeah. That's why we ask each other, you know, what's your story? Mm. Or tell us your story, yeah. right? Or, uh, hey, this is another chapter in my life. Or turn the page. I mean, you know, whatever wow. it is, we think of our lives as a story or a movie that we're in that's mm. unfolding in real time, right? Right. Now, there's a reason for that. As little people, all of us craft a story to make sense of who we are and how the world works. Now, that story really helps us as little people, right? It just Mm -hmm. makes sense of what's happening to us. But we tend to unconsciously bring that story into adulthood with us. And what helped us as little people now really hurts us as adults. That's so good. And Uh, so when I I put this together with the Enneagram, what I began to realize is the Enneagram teaches essentially not that there are just nine personality types but there are kind of nine archetypal stories that people inhabit mm-hmm. right is, are those the only nine stories well i don't know all i know is that these nine stories that that people you know live in happen or, or we see so often in the course of our interactions with the world that we should just pay attention to them mm-hmm. right yeah well there's also uh an argument that you make for being limited to nine types. Talk about that. Well, you know, of course, you know, there are nine types, but there are an infinite number of expressions of that type. Yeah. Right. right. So that's why two people of the same type can look very, very different from each other. But the unconscious motivation is the same yeah. for, for all of that type. Yeah. Right. So, 
you know, we are special, but we also are a particular type. Right? Yeah. There's a little bit of a tension there. So I love what you said there. We're not talking about just types, but we're talking about nine different stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and also love that you said that we unconsciously carry those into adulthood. Talk mm-hmm. a little bit more about that. Yeah. So, you know, um, what's important to know is that we carry those stories into adulthood with us. And the underlying premise of each of those stories is in direct opposition to the story of divine grace. Mm. And that's why I refer to them as broken stories. I love that. Yeah. Right. So let's take uh, ones, for example. So, you know, you know what they're like, meticulous, responsible, conscientious, detail oriented. Right. Mm -hmm. But they have a broken story which says that they have to perfect themselves, others in the world in order to win love and a sense of control, this feeling like they can affect the environment. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Well, where does it say, for example, in the Bible or maybe other sources that you have to perfect, you have to be perfect, you have to perfect others, you have to perfect the world in order to win love and a sense of mastery and control in the world. Right. It doesn't. It doesn't. Yeah. That's how I know it's a broken story. That's so good. How does that type change? Because Mm -hmm. that's a question people ask me all the time. Yeah. All right. I know the Enneagram. I know about my type, but how do I change? Mm Mm-hmm. Dan McAdams, professor of narrative therapy at Northwestern University, says all transformation is story transformation. You have to change the story you're living in. Mm -hmm. You have to rewrite the underlying premise of your story if you want to experience real life change. If you want to become the healthiest one in the world, the healthiest two in the world, then you have to attack and interrogate the underlying premise of your story and get it straight. You got to get your story straight. Man. Ooh, I love that. Earlier today, we were talking and you said, you, you got to drill down and work against the story and take out the root system. Yes. Yeah. yeah like this mean, old broken story, this broken narrative. Yeah, it's a broken narrative, mm-hmm. right? People ask me all the time, like, well, do I just stop trying to perfect others? It's like, no, man, uproot the old story and the health of who you are will just emerge mm. on its own. Oh, that's good. If you just get rid of the underlying premise of the story, well- What's left except you? Right. And you you get to, the other thing, Anthony, is that this is something that people don't understand. And they look at me like bewildered when I say it to them. I'll say to them, you know, you don't have to stay in this story. Mm. Gosh, that's Remember good. when we had uh, Ryan Stevenson on? Yes. I mean, people, if you, you never heard that podcast, go back and listen to it because that actually was back around the time I was just beginning to think about writing this book. Right, yeah. And I remember saying to him, you know, how is that story you're living in as a four now that you picked up as a little person that helped you explain who you are to other people and it, it is also a way that helps you understand how the world works? How is that story helping you as a 40-year-old? Mm-hmm. It's not, he said, remember? Mm-hmm. No, it tortures me, he said, <laughs> right? Yeah. And it's like, well... Now, here's what freaks people out is when I say, you know, you have the freedom, the agency to rewrite that story. You don't have to stay stuck in that story, which is what I think people tend to believe. Yes. Right. It's like, well, this is what happened and there's no way to get rid of it. I'm just stuck in this old story, this worn out script. Right. And it's like, no, that's not true. You can't change what happened to you in the past. Right. But you can change the story you tell about what happened to you in the past. That's right. Yeah. Right? And you're not trying to deny the facts of what happened to you in the past. No. But you're not limited 
to no. what happened to you in the past. No, I yeah. have gone through, I have done this process myself. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you, I've rewritten my story. Mm-hmm. And it is so different from the one I told that night 40 years ago. Wow. With, with my sponsor, Jack, in the room. Uh-huh. It's so different. The way I perceive the past is completely different. That's powerful. So what if we take each type and let's go through each one and talk about the story that they adopt in childhood and how they can move out into a brand new narrative. Sure. Okay. Well, let's start with eights as we normally do, okay. right? And so, talk about why we start like that. Well, because, because people... we, we teach the Enneagram in triads, right? Right. So we teach eight, nine, one because they're in the gut or anger triad. Then we teach about five, six, seven, right? Which is in the head or the fear triad. And then we talk about two, three, four, which is in the heart, sometimes known as the shame triad. So let's start with eights. Okay. So the eight story revolves around their belief that we live in a dog-eat-dog universe where the powerful dominate and the weak get taken advantage of, right? Mm-hmm. So they're intimidating, they're energetic, they're uh, autocratic, they're uh, self-confident, sometimes domineering. Mm-hmm. Um, eights assert strength and power over, the, over people in the environment to mask vulnerability and, and weakness from themselves and from others, mm-hmm. right? The broken story, do you see what it is? Sure. Right? It's that I have to defend, I have to get strong, I got to power up in order to, you know, um, protect myself, uh, never to show vulnerability. But where does that say, where is that said in the story of grace? Mm-hmm. Right. Right? right. Who's, let me ask you a question. Who's our defender? God. Okay. Yeah. So that's how I know it's a broken story. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying a person who adopts a new story, an eight who adopts a new story, isn't going to remain a strong, powerful presence in the world. What I am saying is they have to dig out that underlying premise that's false. Right. So they can live in a true story, not a false one. That's good. And you can see how, as a child, how this could have saved the life of someone, saved them as a young person, right? Yeah. Help them get through whatever they were dealing with. Yep. Uh, but then in adulthood, that's something that's going to keep you basically ostracized. It's going to push people away from you if that's the way you relate to people. Oh, totally. Yeah. Totally. Okay, let's go to nines now. Yeah, the peacemaker. So the peacemaker story centers around the unconscious belief that the world thinks their presence doesn't matter, mm-hmm. right? So therefore, to avoid disconnection and to, to keep the peace, nines believe they have to go with the flow, avoid conflict, and merge with the preferences, opinions, and viewpoints of others, mm-hmm. right? They're easygoing. They're affable. They're sometimes complacent, mm-hmm. right? They don't assert themselves and risk in the process then becoming selfless, right. not having enough of a self, mm. right? Yeah. Now, listen, does it say anywhere in the Bible, for example, that you shouldn't assert yourself, you shouldn't become yourself, you shouldn't have a defined self, <sighs> Absolutely right, not. In order to um, have a sense of mastery and control in the world. No. Right? No, what does is what is Scripture tell us all the time? Peace, be still. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, uh, it's this story is broken. Mm-hmm. Now, once the nine begins to realize that and work with the story, mm-hmm. transformation. Yeah, I think it's uh, another great example of as a child, m- maybe it was necessary for you to disappear. Mm-hmm. But thinking about 
when you're older and you desire connection, it's not going to work for you. It's not going to, no. that story's not going to serve you anymore. No, it's going to work against you. It's, it's going to work undermine against you. you. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And you don't want that. No. Right. Yeah. Love that. Okay. Let's go to what are we at? Once. Once. Yeah. We know all about these wonderful people, honest, mm -hmm. conscientious, detail-oriented, self-disciplined, morally heroic people, right? The underlying false premise of their story is the belief that the world loves and rewards good people mm -hmm. and it judges bad people, right? So if you're trapped in the improver story, you try to gain love and a sense of control by tamping down your anger, meeting your own high internal standards, and you seek to, per to perfect yourself others in the world mm. but where for example how do we know that story's broken yeah, it's against now, the story of grace yeah it's, it's completely in opposition to the story of grace so yeah. worked for you as a little person mm -hmm. helped you get your needs met right right helped you understand the world helped you understand your role in the world or what you thought was your role in the world yeah right but when you bring that story into adulthood disaster right yeah and unless you purposefully go after acknowledging this story it's not going to get rid of itself, no. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, I go through a four-stage process, and we can hit that at the end, right? Okay. About how how we can work with our stories. That's good, right? Yeah. I love this because you know I I like I like how the Enneagram describes our type. And I love all the many gifts it has, but one of the things I've struggled with is the whole thing around transformation. Right. You know how does each type change? And what I'm saying is each type changes when it begins to reject the old story of its type. I love that because even from the early on, you were saying your number is who you're not. Yes. Right? Or let me put it this way. Sometimes when I used to read about integration and mm -hmm. disintegration, being healthy in your type and unhealthy in your type, right. that's helpful. Mm -hmm. But if you don't take care of the underlying premise of the story of your type, right. then you're just being healthy in an unhealthy story. <laughs> So good. You know what I mean? Yeah. Totally. So what I'm saying is we gotta drill down. Mm -hmm. We gotta drill down and look at the underlying premise of that false broken story, that old narrative, that worn out script that yeah. we're reading off of every single day. Mm. And then we're gonna experience real life change. Oh, that's good. All right. Twos. Twos. Giving, supportive, warm, generous, I mean, just amazing human beings, mm -hmm. right? They really desperately want to be liked mm -hmm. and appreciated. And so when you are stuck in the hapless fiction of the helper, uh, you unconsciously believe that you can't be loved for who you are, but uh, only for what you do for mm -hmm. others, right? Mm -hmm. So then it makes sense that disavowing their own needs and helping others becomes their strategy for gaining love mm -hmm. and approval. Mm -hmm. That story's crazy. It is, yeah. I always think, when I think of the twos, and, and you talk about the story of grace, the, the truth is we love because we were first loved. Yes. And so if you do not know how to receive love, you really can't be a good yeah, lover, right? That's part of the broken story. Yeah. And you see how when you get trapped in a story like that, you yeah. tell yourself, this is who I am. This is what I do. This yeah. is how the world works. Yeah. That story will undo you. And again, it's such an autopilot. It's a default, right? Yeah. All of our stories have a trance-like quality. Yeah. You don't, you know what the problem with your story is? What? It's always there. <laughs> That's good. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you're always in it. Yeah. You know, so it's like the old fish water trope. Ooh, that's good. Right? Yeah. You know, you don't know. The fish Fish is always asking, you know, well, I've heard about this thing called water. Where is it? Right. It's like, well, you're in it. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Threes. Threes are driven, right? Goal crushing, image conscious, accomplishment focused people, right? Now, their dominant story is based on the mistaken notion that being successful and avoiding failure 
at all costs is the only pathway to being valued and loved. Mm. How does that square with the story of grace? It, it absolutely doesn't. It doesn't. And how many lives have you seen ruined by unconscious threes running around pursuing success, pursuing in, in whatever arena that they are working in? Mm -hmm. And their whole life becomes consumed in winning love through accomplishment. Mm -hmm. Now, again, that might have helped you as a little kid to right. get by, get your needs met, to please the people around you, mm -hmm. right? To maintain the love of parents or siblings or coaches or teachers, right? And you might have had the gifts to be a success. And like you just realize, I'm going to run this ball all the way downfield. Right. You bring that into adulthood and you don't recognize this story's got to go. Oof. Yeah. Then again. Yeah. That disaster looms. Yeah, I love when you say that. The story's got to go. All right, let's move to four, something we both know a little bit about. Yeah, we do. So creative, <laughs> temperamental, uh, emotionally intense people, their story revolves around the misguided idea that they're missing something crucial inside, and until they regain it, they'll never belong in the world. They'll never uh, attain wholeness, right? Mm-hmm. Fours tend to be addicted to their own suffering, and they, they seek to shore up their, their shaky self-image and achieve belonging by being special and unique. <laughs> right? That's, yeah. Now, you know, when I was a little kid, that story really worked for me. Mm -hmm. Right? Um, growing up in an alcoholic family, I felt different, and, and I, mm -hmm. I kind of did go out into the world with this feeling like there was something missing inside. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, and the way I tried to make up for that was by being special and unique, being an artist, reading poetry. You know, mm -hmm. again, I was sort of already built that way, but sure. I ran it to the bank, right? Yeah. yeah. Now, when I got older and I kept believing that I was missing something inside, I kept believing that there was something about me that was unworthy of love and relationship, that, I, that my suffering defined me, mm. right? Man, that story began to work against me and the biggest ways mm -hmm. you know i ended up falling into addiction and into depression and all these different things and man when i discovered i could rewrite that story mm -hmm. it changed everything for me so can i give you an example of this yeah. it was so healing for me realizing that for example you know ian um what you you are not what you survived mm. your identity is not wrapped up in what happened in the past mm. you you can rewrite that story you know I, I now see that i have i have so i've been given so many gifts as a result of those hardships mm. i became empathic i became creative i became resilient i became courageous i i became someone who could be with other people in their pain and their struggle mm -hmm. uh, i could be a source of information and wisdom for people in the midst of what they were struggling with you mm -hmm. know yeah i became a therapist i became a songwriter i became a priest all these wonderful things grew out of that but I can just tell you, as an adult, I kept buying into the lies of that broken story. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until I crashed numerous times before I realized, you know, I got to rewrite this thing. Mm -hmm. And that's the beauty of it. The Enneagram tells us that there are nine fundamental archetypal stories. Everybody, you know, tends to, one of which some, we all tend to adopt, mm -hmm. right? In our own, and they, they express themselves in unique different ways. Mm -hmm. um, but the story isn't true yeah. because it contradicts what we know is true from the story of grace. Yeah. So let me ask you a question. Like you said, you know, it's the water we're swimming in and even, and we have 
you know, large breakthroughs, but it's still something that's always with us. You told me a story recently where you were out here driving on 8th, I believe. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that as a four that we tend to struggle with is everything's our fault. Yes. And you were talking about the phone rang and you had this anxiety kind of come over you. Yeah. Talk to me a little bit about that because it's something that we, talking about drilling down, it is on some level always with us and we need help identifying these broken stories in our lives. Well, we need to, and that's part of the four-step journey that Mm -hmm. I I take people on in this new book, The Story of You, right? It's like, I just realized one day, you know, the story you tell yourself about who you are mm-hmm. that you've learned about from the Enneagram, mm-hmm. it, it reveals to you that you're not a pest all the time. Mm-hmm. It, it's revealed to me that the old story that, uh, what did I do wrong? Is it my fault? Mm-hmm. You know, is someone mad at me? Right. You know what I mean? Um, have I let another person down, which is a big thing, you mm-hmm. know, with me? Yeah. It's like, no, you know what, Ian? I'm really tired of this. Yeah. Like, I am sick and tired of being sick and tired with that old story. Yeah. And so that's what I love about the story of you is like, it's like gives you tools yeah. and awareness. And yeah. how do I begin to change the story I'm living through the lens of the Enneagram? I think the thing that impacted me when you came back from that drive is just the awareness. You saw it for what it was. Mm-hmm. And, and you were like, I'm tired of this. And I'm not going to do this anymore. Right. So yeah, great. let's move to fives. Yeah. Well, private, highly observant, analytical, emotionally distant. The fives broken story centers around the idea that the world is intrusive and makes more demands on them than they can meet. Mm-hmm. So they protect themselves against intrusion by reducing their own needs, mm by observing rather than participating in life, mm. by isolating, and then gaining knowledge to fend off feelings of ineptitude and inadequacy. Mm-hmm. Now again, like I have a friend of mine, he's a five, and he once told me that as a kid, he had a mom who was very engulfing, intrusive, mm-hmm. you know? He had a, a, a desk in his room that faced a wall, not a window, faced mm. the wall, and on the wall he had all these maps and charts and stuff like that. And he would just retreat to that room and sit at his desk and work on things and models and different stuff with all this information on the walls around him, Mm. right, as a way to escape. Now, okay, helped him as a little kid. Sure. That story helped him as a little kid. But when you bring that story into adulthood Mm -hmm. and you continue to isolate, you know, observe life rather than participate in it, tamp down your emotions, live in fear that uh, some random emotion might come up and surprise you and overwhelm you, mm-hmm. that story is going to kill you, man. It is. It's going to hurt your relationships. It's yeah. going to do all kinds of damage in your life. Yeah. That's a broken story. It's time to get a true story. Yeah. Okay, let's go to sixes. Yeah, the loyalists, right? Warm, trustworthy. They're questioning. They're anxious, right? Mm-hmm. And the loyalist broken broken story revolves around their belief that the world is a dangerous place in which the only way to feel safe and certain, (coughs) and certainty is important to sixes, Mm -hmm. is to remain hypervigilant, to forge strong alliances with other people, Mm. and to prepare for the worst. Now, that might have helped you survive (laughs) as a little person, but when I read, for example, Um, the Bible from start to finish, Mm -hmm. the biggest message I can find sometimes is do not be afraid. Mm -hmm. That's the true story. Right. 
That's the story you have to get into. Yes, yeah. So you got to uproot that old story. That's oh, the that's, that's so the good. task for every single type. You got to rewrite it, man. Oh, and that's and good. you know, as a person of faith, I mean, I don't think people necessarily believe this, but it's true. You are co-creating, hmm. co-narrating your story. That's right. Yeah. So you again have the freedom to say, "All right, the old draft needs a complete rewrite, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So let's start over and rewrite this story with a true underlying premise, mm. not Gosh, a false that's one." So good. Okay, let's go to sevens, and then we'll come around to your four-step process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So the self-limiting narrative of the seven arises from this unconscious belief that painful emotions, thoughts, or situations must be avoided at all costs, Mm -hmm. right? So they're charming, they're intelligent, they're funny, they're adventurous, they're future-focused, they're optimistic, uh, but they're afraid of being trapped in negative feelings from which they can't escape. Mm. So, again, the underlying premise of that story is false, Mm -hmm. right? It's, It's just not true. We have a suffering servant, God. Mm-hmm. You know, suffering is part of the story. It has to be part of the story. Right. And you're never going to grow in depth and wisdom. You're never going to become a true adult until you allow suffering and pain to have their way with you. And they'll move on when it's time. But to be able to have a full range of emotions, not just happy, adventurous, you know, ecstatic or whatever, but also unhappy stuck commitment you know Mm -hmm. uh, sadness grief Mm -hmm. uh, disappointment right be able to have access to all of those feelings think about sevens uh sevens that have that i've known that have been willing to do the work of suffering and entering into those emotions they really do transform into this person who does bring the joy of god and that's such a powerful gift that they bring us it really is and you know i think that um and you told me once there's a difference between bringing happiness and bringing joy. You know? Yeah, there's a difference between being happy, bringing yeah. happiness and bringing joy. Yeah. You know, happiness is good. I am all in favor of happiness. Sure. You know, I'm, sometimes I hear, but it's different. Yeah. It's qualitatively different. Yeah. Joy bakes into its, bakes pain and suffering into its calculations. Mm-hmm. That's, an, happiness doesn't. Yeah. And the spirit of joy is always appropriate, right? No matter yeah. what season that we find ourselves in joy brings us strength absolutely have you ever met someone by the way that's optimistic and fun and you know that they have a history of pain and suffering there's just something so beautiful within this when they bring the joy it comes with so much more gravity and depth yes and you're like attraction yeah this person is still optimistic they still have that and yet Mm -hmm. despite all they've been through man they have it yeah still that zeal for life and that is a lot better yeah. than being with someone who's you know been skating ahead of the cracks of suffering their whole life and you think to yourself i don't know this seems like manic happiness to me it doesn't really feel like it's got depth yeah okay so we're talking about your new book the story of you the story and of we're going to go into your four point process to do some transformation work yeah so this is just a run quick rundown i go into depth uh obviously in the book but the first step is c by the way this is the acronym soar s-o-a-r now you know that i don't like platitudinal acronyms very much except i've learned in 12-step communities they work they work (laughs) (laughs) i have a bunch from my 12-step world that have really helped me over over the years right so the first one is c you know the author wendell berry has this great quote he says if you don't know where you're from you'll have a hard time saying where you're going Mm. And I think that's really true. So the first step in transformation with the Enneagram work and with your story is you you have to go back and exhume it, Mm -hmm. right? You got to go dig it up. 
And you're going to have to look at the hurtful events and the unchallenged, mistaken of beliefs that you've been carrying with you for mm. years and years and years. You're going to look at the internalized messages from childhood that still rule your life today, mm -hmm. right? And you're going to have to see them. Mm. You know, and we've already given examples of that from my own life, right? And there, by the way, the book has tons and tons of stories from real life people mm -hmm. and how they've done this kind of work. Oh, fantastic. So that that's one of the ways that, you know, I love the idea of story, <laughs> helping mm -hmm. people to right. work with their story. That makes some sense, right? So I always tell people that part of the journey is that you got to do some writing on this thing, but you don't have to panic. You don't have to be John Irving, right? right? Um, but it is important to be able to catalog some of these internalized messages, these false beliefs that keep you stuck in the old story, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. You got to be able to look at them. You got to see them. Then you're going to have to own them. That's the O, okay. right? So this, again, is an uncomfortable but healing exercise, mm -hmm. right? And the more committed to it you are, the more you're going to get out of it. Okay. Okay. So no amount of Enneagram information can lead to real transformation unless you're rigorously honest with yourself about who you are. Okay. Okay. So this is going to require an inventory of sorts, right? Uh, for me, when I did this inventory, it helped me understand how those false beliefs and unconscious choices I had made when I was trapped in that old story had damaged my self-worth and my mm. relationships, among other things, right? So in the own step, let's face it, I had to grieve a little bit the missed opportunities mm -hmm. and the ways that this old story had really worked against me in, in adulthood. So that's owning the story. It's like looking at what does this cost me and what does it cost other people? Because who wants to give up the old story unless you're able to see how much it's not serving you and other people? That's good, yeah. Right? Yeah. All right, next step is awaken. Okay. And that is recognizing the, 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 the effects of our old story in the present moment. So the, you just gave an example. I'm on 8th Avenue. The phone call comes in. I start to realize I'm afraid that I've disappointed somebody. You know, I'm missing something. I, there's something missing in me, and that's why I always let people. The old story starts running. Right. And I began, I had this moment of awakening. Mm -hmm. I am tired of living in that story, and I don't want to go back to that story. Because guess what? 99.9% .9 of the time, that's never been true. That's never been mm. what's on the other end of the phone. Oh, that's good. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So we have to begin to learn how to wake up to situations and triggers that um, lead us to fall back into the old narrative. Okay. Okay. All right. Last one is rewrite. Okay. Right. S-O-A-R. Now we're on the rewrite phase here, right? And that's where... Um, We've now addressed the past, we've looked at the present, and now that makes us ready to look at the future. Okay, right? all right. So what does a transformed future look like? Mm. Um, it might sound passive, but by this point, if you've done SOA, right, you have cleared away so much debris that your new story will begin revealing itself without your having to force it. Mm. Oh, it's good. Right? Yeah. Because you know what, you can't, you know, sit down and go, I'm just going to rewrite the story. It's like, no, no, clear the debris. And guess what? The new you, the transformed you, you've now out, you've now uprooted the false premise of that old story. I don't have to be perfect. I don't have to perfect others. I don't mm -hmm. have to perfect the world. You know, I don't, I don't have to be afraid of judgment and blame. I don't have to be afraid of mistakes. I'm talking about a one here, mm -hmm. obviously. Right. That's an old story. That story doesn't work for me as an adult. Yeah. I got to rewrite that story. I got to see what 
it where it came from. I got to own what it's done. Mm-hmm. I got to awaken to when when the story gets launched, and I got to rewrite it. And and really, the what the rewrite um, involves uh, is a task of a lifetime, mm-hmm. right? It's not like you just do it and it's done. It's like no, no, I'm rewriting the story all the time. Yeah, it's just like you're you're on Eighth Street. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, for example, like one of the things I tell people is rename the story. Ooh. Like I would say when I was a, the, here's what I did when I worked with it. I realized that if I was going to name the old story, I would name it the Lost Boy. Mm-hmm. I felt like a lost boy as an adult. I felt mm-hmm. like a little boy in an adult body that was lost. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Lost boy. Now I renamed the story the Redeemed Man. Ooh. You know, that's a, just just renaming the story that's has good. been incredibly powerful. I haven't even heard that from you before. Yeah. I mean, that has been an incredibly powerful journey. I know. So like when the Lost Boy story starts to go into operation in my life, I go, Redeemed Man. That's so good. I, I mean, redeemed I've heard man. for a, quite a while now, Lost Boy, but I've not heard that Redeemed Man. I love that. Yeah. And right? we did that with Ryan Stevenson, right? Yes, Same we did. thing. Yeah. You asked him to name his story previous story yeah and yeah. we actually that i use that as an example in the book okay right, right. so i go actually through ryan's story and show yeah. show how that wasn't you yeah know. and there's lots of stuff here in the book i mean i have it open before me too uh even through the soar that you go through s-o-a-r you even break that down even more than what you just did here so oh, there's yeah. so many good things in this book um well awesome well thanks for walking us through all nine types and uh, talking about the story of you and, and letting us know what motivated you to write this to begin with. I can't wait for it to hit the shelves. That's December 28th. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to wait, too. You, <laughs> you, right. can, you can pre-order go ahead order. the book, The Story yeah. of You, an Enneagram Journey to Becoming Your True Self. You can go get it, pre-order it on Amazon right now. Yeah. And I'm, you know what? I got to be honest with you and tell you. Mm-hmm. I feel like we're going to a whole new place. Oh, that's good. I, I feel like, you know, the thing that brings me so much joy in life is facilitating or accompanying people on their journey mm. of transformation. Mm-hmm. It's why I became a priest. It's why I became a therapist. It's why I became a spiritual director. Mm-hmm. I just love the journey of watching people change. I love the journey of telling people about how much God loves them, mm. how beautiful they are. Oh, I good. love contradicting the messages that many people heard in church about, I'm broken, I'm a sinner. Yeah. You're not. Okay, well, broken doesn't mean bad. Yeah, that's right. It just means broken. That's a big difference right there, man. That's and like so that's that's that's, <laughs> that's worth the price of admission. Well, right no, but there. that's my that's my passion mm, in life. That's beautiful. And a lot of that passion, tons of that passion, are in this book, the story yeah, of you. Yeah. Because to me, this is what's all about, man. You, mm. you got to get you got to expose and uproot the under the false broken story. Yeah. So that you can live into a new one, mm. and that's what this book helps people do. Through and it's all through the lens of the enneagram. Mm, that's wonderful. So tell people where they can go get it now. Uh, you know, and they go on Amazon. Come on. And pre-order. Come on. You know, that's probably I mean, that's the best way to pre-order the book. Yeah. But certainly, when the book drops on December twenty eighth, they can go to Barnes and Noble. They go to Amazon. They can go to yeah. independent booksellers. They can go everywhere in the country and around the world to get a copy of the book. Yeah. Awesome. Well, why don't you sign off? Oh yeah. Hey folks, may you have love, may you have joy, may you have peace, may you have healing, may you have rest. Until next time.